Jason, I have a question for you. Uh, shoot. Where do you get used shrimp? <laughs> uh, Long John Silver's. At the prawn shop. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> like, what, what the hell? <laughs> were, you, were you Googling that earlier? No, that's a, that's a self-made one from somebody at my work that I really enjoy. Self. So somebody at your work came up with that joke. Yeah, they also have how long does it take for a grandma to cross the street? Uh, Granny Smith Apple, I don't know. A nanosecond. Well, uh, if you talk to the average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about pop culture that they like, and they'll, the first thing they'll say is the beat. Get yourself addicted. <laughs> Welcome into the Pop Culture Pile Driver. I am Jason Rossi. You can follow me along on the Twitter machine at Jason D. Rossi. You can follow the show and the podcast and all the goodies along at Pop Culture PD. With me, as always, is my tag team partner right here in this podcast sphere. His name is Billy D. Billy D, what's going on? Hello. I'm really disappointed we're not doing The Boys Season 2. Uh, unfortunately, that is on my tag team partner in the podcast sphere. But we are doing a movie that, uh, you know, we'll get to my thoughts on in a minute, but excited to talk about it nonetheless. So maybe, just maybe, for season three of The Boys, you can catch up in that time, which is going to be about a year, and then we can do a review of the first two seasons, kind of get people's appetite wet for it, mm. and then do a review of said season after. Yeah, I don't, never seen The Boys, hear the craze about it. Everybody else in the Dorkshire Gooniverse is doing it, so if you're into The Boys... You have three different podcasts to catch up on. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely, I, but it's a show you said last week. I, you highly recommend I check out. You were gripped in the first five minutes. So it's something I definitely have on the dock. And I think once Halloween has passed and I kind of get back to my normal viewing habits outside of, I don't know, like 18 hours of wrestling, 19 and a half hours of horror movies, uh, maybe I'll get back to some new uh, TV shows and The Office. I'm watching The Office. And go check out, obviously, all the podcasts. Uh, you know, Change My Mind did it, uh, Dork did it. Uh, what Dork is going to do it. I think they go tonight. And I'm actually kind of curious what your Rossi's horrible take of the week is going to be. Usually they do it before this uh, episode happens so we can talk about it a little bit. I'm going to guess that it's uh, Van Halen isn't going to be remembered for Eddie Van Halen. That would be my guess. Oh, I see. It's so funny. I, I could never tell. And like I said, I never want to think about it. Uh, that's up to those boys. Um, it could be something I said. I mean, they've been going all around. Listen, my takes are so good recently. I'm just, I'm just yeah, too relatable. I'm just too relatable, too likable. What can I say, right? Uh, at least my son kind of likes me. Um, but this podcast here, which you are tuned into, just like the rest of the hashtag Dorkshared Universe, you can follow us or like us. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Like we said, now uh, Amazon Music has a podcast. So if you find yourself fancying the streaming over there, please check it out there. Google Podcasts, wherever you check it out. Also, make sure to follow us on social at Pop Culture PD. We're not the police, but, you know, hey, we, we, we couldn't fit Pop Culture Piledriver on, on the handle. And also uh, on Facebook as a part of the Dork Shared Gooniverse, give it a like. Over on the old Facebook, Bill, this week, a lot going on, like there always is. We have a great topic today. We're going to be reviewing the movie Cabin in the Woods, which this is your first viewing. Can't wait to hear about that. But first, what's on your mind? 
Uh, let's have you go first, because once again, I made a video for mine. I actually am going to double team, and I think we'll both talk about this, so I'm just going to hit the intro. Yeah! This is Hubie Doobie Dubois. Have any kids as far as I know. Hoobie Hubie Doobie Halloween was released on Netflix a little, I think about a week ago now, uh, or might have been the week before. Either way, this movie has uh, taken the Dorkshire Gooniverse by storm. Uh, we both, I'm assuming, listened to the hashtag Dork Debate on it. And I will say it was my fate. I, I never, I always want you to listen to all the podcasts. Mac and Goo do amazing episodes. We'll tell you a little bit about what they did. I know we teased what they did, boys, but other stuff. Um, changed my mind, always bringing different topics and different things. Like we're all a little different. But this dork debate has been my favorite podcast of the year. Um, it, it, I want to hate Davey because I love this movie and we, I want to hear all about your things. I really did. This movie entertain me through and through, put a big old smile on my face. I found myself, me and Keith had a lot of similar points, but then Davey made such good arguments for the reasons why he didn't like it. And his wife, by the way, forgot to mention, we are the official podcast of the hashtag dork shared Gooniverse's wives and your wife listener. Um, but I must say like, uh, Davey made such good points that no, I he didn't, I, no, he didn't, no, he didn't. Oh, see, I thought he did. I didn't. No, I wasn't did. mad at him. No, he didn't. The laziness. I, mean, I like, love Davey, and I was very surprised he didn't like this movie because, again, I think we have some similar tastes. But I Bad hated movie. all of his points, and yeah. Um, yeah, I really didn't think they were um, very good at all. Just uh, I don't know. I want to choose my words carefully here, but I thought he was being a little bit of a stick in the mud about this movie, which was again, Keith made the point, and I think it is the point to take home. This wasn't trying to be Citizens Kane. Uh, Citizen yeah, Kane. It, it was just what it was. And what it was, was I was smiling ear to ear the whole time. I found everything enjoyable about it. I mean, the boner donor, the shirts, oh. everything. But I don't like a lot of the Adam Sandler goofy stuff. Like, I hate most of his goofy stuff. I would put, like, don't mess with the Zohan in the area where, like, I like it. And then, like, Jack and Jill and stuff like that is way, way below. All crap. This was embracing the cheese. You know, a lot of the times, I think uh, Mac and Goo made the point a long time ago that uh, Aquaman kind of leaned in a little bit to the cheese, but if they had leaned in more, it would have been a hell of a movie. He just embraced this the whole time. And if you're going to be nothing but fart jokes for 90 minutes, I loved it. I, I, I loved everything about this movie. It was just the, it was the best Netflix movie about Halloween that's ever been made. Too early for me to comment on that because I've watched so many bad Netflix movies. I will say it's one of my favorite. I liked Murder Mystery personally from Sandler, Jennifer Aniston. It was a good one. I personally liked. Um, he did the the wrong Missy. I know they. That's not. That was a the Sandler like production, the Happy Madison production. But this movie, it did make me laugh. It made me smile. But I just thought Davy's points were. Were, were good. I didn't agree with them, but I couldn't, he wasn't just going with it sucked and lazy. No, he, he approached it from, and he said he was not trying to be the movie snob. He's a movie snob, but that's okay. That's okay. It's okay. But like, I wasn't going into it like thinking I'm going to break this down by the way. Um, and this adds, I think to the Halloween aspect. Can I hear a little bit of like a kid's carousel in the background? 
turning? Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. Right now, my <laughs> wife, who you'll pro- if you're watching the stream, will probably walk by at some point. I have my son, uh, Goose uh, Raf, made a debut on the Pop Culture Pile Driver about six weeks ago. Uh, my son has been on this podcast screaming when he was awake during this time. But right now, he is in his crib that I am uh, just kind of monitoring. So I, uh, I have to keep a little bit of volume because, God forbid, I'm just... When I get all heated talking about a movie and my son's crying, that wouldn't be a good. It life. adds the ambiance. It adds that creepiness to walk on. I like it. Look at you. But yeah, Hubie Halloween. I thought it was from start to finish. The second Kevin James popped on screen with the mullet and the beard, the chops, I was, dude. The chops. Uh, I he was, was great. Racking up. Everybody yeah. was pretty good. I think they said Julie Bowman mailed it in. I actually watched this movie again. Hi, Courtney. Um, <laughs> he said hi, Phil. Hi. I watched it again in the background today while I was kind of doing some stuff at work. Oh, the and famous Billy background. That's good. Yeah, that should be I mean, I mean the, the 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 utility thermos. I mean, they really leaned great. into the series, and it was great. And it ties into the movie we're going to review with thermos, but we'll get to that. I really liked it, and it was another famous movie. My wife fell asleep, which I think should be a whole different part of this podcast. How my wife falls asleep through every freaking movie you'll we ever watch, and then she always asks me afterwards what happened at the end. And I have to like re-explain stuff. So it's, it's, I, I, that's the reason why I have a decent memory when it comes to a lot of these movies. But yeah, I think we both give Hoobie Halloween the stamp of approval. Go watch it. Worth your time. Oh, absolutely. I would, uh, I would fully recommend this if you're, if you've ever been an Adam Sandler fan at any point in your life. Yeah. And I will say it is true. Listening to him. I, I always have subtitles on my, um, Netflix for whatever I don't I didn't set up my sister-in-law did and I'm too lazy to change it so I end up keeping it on there and it did help it did help I, I did a lot of reading and again Julie Bowen whew, still damn. bring the heat actually I can argue she looks better now than she did in Billy Madison it was Happy Gilmore and I disagree oh, yeah, yeah. Happy Gilmore in the happy scene or whatever that's called his happy place she looks the- good obviously she looks great she's in lingerie but I mean, I think Julie Bowman in Modern Family and Julie Bowman like later in life is an absolute 10. And in Happy Gilmore, she was like a 9. Hey, listen. Good for her. Way to, way to do your thing, girl. All right, let's get into the main event of this one, Bill. We both uh, watched you for the first time, me for like the 10th time, because I have been obsessed with this movie for a long time. It is The Cabin in the Woods. Bill, it was released on April 13th, 2012. Do you want to guess at what other movies were released on that day? 2012? <laughs> I have literally no idea. I'm terrible at this game, but I'm going to say The Ring 2. It was Lockout and The Three Stooges, the Will Sasso oh, version. Oh, no. Uh, I kind of hate Will Sasso ever since uh, oh. the uh, – what, what was that when he had Bret Hart on? What was that show oh, yeah. on Mad TV? Mad TV. Yeah, F loved that guy. I loved, loved Mad TV. This movie was a joke. I think uh, – it doesn't matter. Okay. Bill, what was the price of gas? So I think it was probably two forty. Way off, three dollars oh, sixty four cents. Oh yes. All right. So now I'm kind of getting 2012 in my head a little bit better. All right. Good. Here we go. Because up next, the number one record in the U.S. I'm giving you a clue. Actually, no, this isn't the clue. The alt record. I'll give you a clue. This one, you can just take a stab. It was a Fancy band. No, no, no. I think it was before. This would have been oh, I'm right around that time. Either way. The number one record bill was We Are Young by Fun in Janelle Monet. Eh. Uh, yeah. I, I like fun. They they had a they had a nice record. I mean, who doesn't like fun except maybe Davey not liking Hubie Halloween, but <laughs> Well yeah. I still think he may like fun. Maybe. I don't know. He's, he seems to be 
no, 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 no. Come on. Virtual <laughs> hug to baby. Pod hug. Okay. Number one alt record bill in the country. It was one of the songs I drafted and my one hit wonders. Oh, wow. I really have no idea. I have a bad memory and I made the graphic. It would be somebody that I used to know by Gautier uh, featuring oh, yeah. Kimbra. Nah, right. not, not a fan. Not a fan. Not for you. Okay. Uh, it's great. One hit wonder. Hit number one. Never heard from him again. The number one movie in the country was uh cabin in the woods nope uh that was released on this day so it would be a movie that was previously number one (laughs) i'm bad at this game i don't look at least all right it was no you do not you'd never cheat the hunger games oh okay that makes complete sense a movie i've never seen by the way me either i feel like the hunger games feels like it's 15 years earlier Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't know why cabin in the woods seems more recent all right and as we always do with a little touch of wrestling who are your wwe and or world champion all right, so this is still in the John Cena era. It is. So John Cena. Nope. Neither. Right. Triple H. Nope. Uh, Edge. Nope. Randy Orton. Nope. Uh, let's see. This Anybody is coming else? off of WrestleMania 28, if that gives you any indication, or, or heading into 20? No, after. CM Punk, The Rock, Daniel Bryan, Sheamus. Stop, stop. <laughs> you know what? You, you bookended. CM Punk was your WWE champion. Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan to kick off the Yes Movement at WrestleMania. Oh, yes. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so we're kind of painting the picture. And before we get into all the ins and outs of this film, Bill, which you'll bring us, here is the ratings on this movie. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Times gave this film three out of four stars. Roger! How about that? Finally, he's been liking these horror movies. Mm-hmm. IMDb currently has it bill 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has this film approval rate of 92% by the critics and 74% by the audience. And Metacritic has it a 72 That's out of really high. Yeah, out of 100. So, Bill, what is Cabin in the Woods? Uh, Cabin in the Woods is something I'm going to read to you right now. And this is one of the worst things for me in the world to do because I am terrible at reading. This is why I went to school to be on air and I could not read off a prompter because I really am terrible and dyslexic. But I'm going to give it a try. This is torture for me. Cabin in the Woods is directed by Drew Goddard. Goddard? Goddard? Goddard. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Produced by Josh Whedon. Written by Josh Whedon. And, you know, Goddard. Starring uh, Kristen Conley, Chris Hemsworth, and a... Hutchinson, Fran Kranz, Jesse Williams, Richard Jenkins, and Bradley Whitford. Um, The plot is a group of students who retreat to a remote forest cabin where they fall victim to backwoods zombies where uh, technicians manipulate the events that are going on, you know, around them. That's true. And then, Bill, do you know how much money this movie had made? A lot. Uh, It was a good amount. It was $42 in North America. Yeah, so uh, it was, there's a ton of movie to be made here. Also, uh, forget about the awards. It wasn't real awards. And then we did just one mention before we get in, Bill. Three years after this movie was released, there was a lawsuit by a guy named Peter Gallagher and not the OC. <laughs> not the, uh, oh, I, who, or, who's the guy that smashes the uh, watermelons? That's just Gallagher. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he filed a copyright uh, infringement lawsuit against the makers of the film, claiming that due to the similarities between the film and his 2006 novel, The Little White Trip, uh, it's uh, a night in pine in the pines. Uh, Josh Whedon and Drew God- Goddard also used the, his work to basically make this, and they didn't ask for his permission. Long story short, he asked for $10 million in damages, and five months later, it was dismissed. 
So it's just like a little factoid because this movie, when you look at it, is basically like just a trope on all other like cliches in the horror genre. But uh, let's get into this, Bill. Curtain Jerker, did you like Cabin in the Woods? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Pants Tent City, Excite Ooh. Bike Mania, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this movie, start to finish, T to B, top to bottom, was it was like an episode of Community, but in the horror genre and just, you know, like 90 minutes long. And it was 90 minutes. Like, you can't fucking beat that. That's incredible. This movie smokes. So I've noticed we have given you softballs. This is not a horror horror movie. This is not scary. Oh, yeah, in any I love sense. We gave you, so we gotta, I gotta make you pee your pants before this month's over, but we'll talk about that. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, nope oh, we're getting there. If I don't see you urinate your pants before the, the month is over, it's a failure. Um, so this movie is great. It is fun from the beginning to the end. If you love scary movies, if you love, so I watched the, the Evil Dead the night before, just because I, I before I watch this. Well, it I've, takes a lot from this movie. It's well, the Evil Dead is almost like the the origin of where all this comes. The cabin in the woods is the Evil Dead. It's a random cabin that they go to in the Evil Dead. That's where this comes from. The tro, like the the characters and who they play, like the jock, the 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 sexy girl, the virgin, or the slut they call. It, but you know, uh the sexy girl, the smart I guy. I mean, all they're that. the actual archetypes that you use to build most of these type of stories, and it's beautifully, beautifully done. You can go into almost. You know, most movies, TV shows, they all kind of have like the nerd, the smart guy, the jock, you know, the slut. Uh, and that's kind of how this plays off of it. And horror does it, you know, more than anybody. You see it in scary movie and scary movies following that. But it's it's just so well done. And I don't know if Josh Whedon had anything to do with Community or Dan Harmon and him really vibe. I know they mentioned him a few times by name yeah. in Community. But like it was such a meta on meta on meta type of movie where they're just referencing stuff even i know and i'm not even that big of a horror fan yeah see the thing with this movie is and we'll, we'll talk about casting here is they just did everything right so he, here's your cast again just so people know who played who in this movie you had uh kristen conley playing dana who was the quote-unquote virgin and you know we, we, we don't hold off spoilers she's not a virgin and she says that at one point in the movie and it's the first like scene of the movie where she says she bangs the professor but she's like the sweetheart. Go. Well, yeah, she's the sweet girl. But, you know, and I love how she's in that opening scene, just like dancing in her underwear in like a very open area. Like classic. And, and by the way, I mean, just whew, unreal. Oh, yeah. Well, unreal. Very good. Very good. Uh, Chris Hemsworth plays Kurt, who is the jock, but is actually like not the jock when it comes to it. This is the funny thing about the movies. Chris Hemsworth's actually a like smart sociology very, major. Yeah, exactly. And he's going and, for his, like doctorate. Yeah. And also, uh, 11 out of 10 if we're talking about the hot scale to the point oh, where like I can see why women find him so attractive to the point where I just might as well admit that I'm attracted to him this yeah. is like God's greatest literally a Greek God like they chose this guy to be Thor in a fun fact this movie was actually made I believe in like 2009 2010 had delays getting released and this was before he was Thor so was Thor yeah, because Thor was already, like, he didn't know. Like, when he made this movie, he wasn't Thor yet. Or he might have been casted. But Thor was released. This was, like, all put together in such great timing for Chris Hemsworth. And that helped the movie. But, yeah, he plays, basically, he's the smart one. But then the way the gases affect things as the movie progresses, he becomes the jock. Uh, Anna Hutchinson plays Jules. She is the quote-unquote slut. But she's also a very smart girl. And they did something with the dye in her hair that turned her into the, you know, 
sexy girl, we'll say. Uh, Fran Krantz, who is a scene stealer, amazing performer in this. Loved also Josh Whedon did a show called Dollhouse that had a short run on Fox. I uh, was a big fan of basically everything Josh Whedon did from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So Fran Krantz plays Marty, who is the stoner, who it kind of fits into it, but he's actually kind of more the virgin. Uh, type. Uh, but when he first shows up with the thermos bong, I thought it was hilarious. Um, tying it to Hubie Halloween. Uh, then there's Jesse Williams, who plays Holden. And Jesse Williams was, you know, in real life, as they say, was kind of started the, um, you know, I don't want to say Black Lives Matter because he didn't say that exactly, but he started the, you know, at the BET Awards. I remember his name, so I had to Google him when I saw him. And he was on Grey's Anatomy, but he basically did the injustice years ago. And he was almost kicked off the show. People were like, kick him off. He can't be saying that. And obviously, lucky for that whole situation, that didn't happen. And he, he stood up for what he believed in. And, and kudos to him. But those are your main characters. Then there was Richard Jenkins playing Sitterson and Bradley Woodford playing Hadley, my two favorite characters by so a these mile. are the two technicians, the dad yes. from Step Brothers, who's yes. unreal. Like I've never seen him in anything else besides Step Brothers. Have so to see seen, him in this was great. Have you ever seen the movie? I believe it's him. I don't want to be misspoken. Have you ever seen um, a Hall Pass? Oh, like a bootleg version because I thought it was going to be great and it was a terrible fucking movie. That was okay. Uh, but anyways, he plays a guy who's in that movie. And then Eric from yes. uh, Billy Madison, who <laughs> still part of that uh, Happy Madison connected universe. So when I saw him, and he's also in Get Out, so he plays a great creepy guy in these type of movies. He's amazing, and he, he's so good in this. Those two just like almost like the Stadler and Waldorf of, oh, of this great, movie. Yeah. And that's, they just are amazing. I think the cast is damn near perfect. You have some budding stars and Chris Hemsworth. The two females are great. Like, again, I don't know much about the career of Kristen Conley, but I thought she was really good in this and she was believable, which is what you need. Yeah. I mean, everybody was really good. I could kind of take or leave the performance of the, uh, the jockey nerdy guy. Uh, he was okay, but I think he was supposed to be kind of just middle of the road in the movie anyways. So I think he played his part well, but yeah, I mean, really, really good stuff. I got a fun fact. So Fran Krantz, who plays the stoner, um, he, I think Morty, Marty, sorry, he is jacked, by the way. So if you ever Google him shirtless, he is ripped up, Bill. Like, like, like Carrot Top, you wouldn't expect it out of a... It's perfect example. And so in this movie, he wasn't playing the jock. Chris Hemsworth was. So if you notice, Fran Cranceworth, this entire movie, has like three shirts on the entire movie. Mm -hmm. And they did that purposely to hide his physique. Because from the time they casted him to the time this movie came out, he or when they filmed, he just got ripped. And they were like, yeah, we got to cover that up. So what a compliment to Mr. Kranz. Uh Bill, up next, speak and spell. What did you think about the acting and uh, or just basically the acting and writing in this film? I thought it was some of the best writing in a horror movie I've ever seen. Some of the best writing I think you'll ever see. The way that they flipped it on you, because I think the metaphor, and I'm just assuming that we are the demons that they are appeasing. The audience is us. Like we are, like we have to be satisfied by what you see. And, you know, remember the days when you could just throw a girl into a volcano? That's one yeah. of the lines. That's them How saying, How old do you like, think I am? That's one of those the things where they're saying, like, remember when horror movies were easier? Then they're taking kind of like low road shots at all the tropes that they do. And, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, kind of playing on the fact that they make stupid decisions in horror movies. And this is why they're making stupid decisions. Like, they actually have to influence it purposely. So I just thought that was 
unreal. Again, like community does this a lot with the, with the stuff they do in each episode, kind of making it like a big tropey homage. And that's what this was. It was just one big homage to horror movies. And I don't even really like horror movies, but I understand the genre enough to know that this whole thing was kind of winking at it. Like I've never seen any movie about like, uh, oh, you don't want to go down that road over there when they stop for gas. But I know it from South Park and I know that it's from, uh, what is it, Poltergeist or something? Uh, whatever that is. But <laughs> like they do like the little things in each horror movie so well. And then when they call, a guy calls and they put him on speakerphone. He's like, am I on speakerphone? Like that shit is so good. I and love I- it. It, it, it's almost taken right from the office because I was recently watching the episode where uh, Jan's on speakerphone and Michael can't get her off and she's saying things that she doesn't want said out loud. And yeah, the guy at the the observer or whatever he's called from the gas station is like, I believe that the ancient ones demand a sacrifice. And they're like, <clears throat> am I still on speakerphone? No, no, you're not. And they just hang up. Great. But, but even like the, you know, we're not the only ones watching this. They're talking directly to the audience. Like we want to see, you know, the TNA like we do. And we're hoping to get it. And they kind of milked it a little bit. And they're literally talking directly to the audience. But they do it so well that if you don't look like I kind of got it more and more as it went on. Like the first scene when I see them in the office and they're like talking about it, I kind of figured out what they were doing. And once you go to that room, I'm like, okay, they are in on this 100%. They're going to control the scenario. I didn't think the deaths would be real, though. And the fact that they Mm -hmm. were made it so heavy and so perfect. And just, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And there's so many like times, like you said, from all the things that they do when they're in the basement. So that's what the evil dead is all about. They go down to a basement. They read this book that has been in a million books. Like there's so many universes. We could almost do a podcast or, or I could do a mini on just like all the things that tie into horror movies, trying to like make their own little shared universe as we are part of the hashtag dork shared universe. Um, but yeah, so uh, they, they when they get down the basement, there's all different things that they could basically uh, like flip the switch on or turn on for that to be the ghost or goblin or horror that comes into the America. Cause they're in America. So they have all the American stuff from zombies to reptilias to little kid demons Th- that board and like them betting is like every single workplace you've ever been to. Oh my that, God. Like, I mean, you pick, you should, Oh, who do you think is going to score first? Or, like squares. Absolutely. Everything that we do in our friend group is pretty much revolved around betting. We will take bets at weddings to see like, who's going to get the drunkest, who's going to make a fool of themselves. I know that and it's pretty much the same guy every time, <laughs> but sometimes you'll take a wild card to get odds. But yeah, I mean, it. everybody does that kind of shit at their work or uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've done it at previous works because I don't know the people at my new work well enough and probably shouldn't do it at my work, new work anyways. But it, it's just like it's so relatable, but it was such a far out like idea. And they brought you in like it like and that then the guy and uh, the security guard who's kind of like standing back watching yeah, the whole thing like what the hell is you people are heathens. And then I thought he was going to get in on the action. And then he was like, yeah, I'm cool. So he was kind of like the moral compass a little bit. But I mean, still, everything was just home run after home run. Yeah, the great part is when, like, the girl comes up to him and she goes, I had zombies. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah, you had zombies, but you didn't have zombies. Uh, what is it? Like, redneck. Yeah, redneck zombies. He's like, it's a difference between an elephant and an elephant seal. Genius. Great stuff. Made you laugh the whole time. And, and- uh, the foreshadowing with the slug, uh, Eric, oh, from, uh, yeah. <laughs> where he's like, ah, I'm never going to. Merman, merman. Yeah, I'm never gonna get to see that. You don't even want that. The cleanup is unreal. And then he's when he's like gets knocked out. He's oh, come on. <laughs> Good stuff there. Uh, uh, just the whole thing. I there is like little like obviously holes, but it's not meant. Again, this is not meant to be an overthought movie. 
you said it best. This movie, the writing that makes it genius is it is speaking directly to the audience. We want blood, blood and guts. We want TNA. We want quick kills. We don't want an overly crazy story. We want cliches, and we want to go to the movie theater and enjoy ourselves. And I think that's where they nailed this. And one last thing is I have to add it here in writing that they tie in. So there, there's rumors. It's not factual. But you've probably done your research. You read anything about this movie? When they referenced the last time they didn't, you know, have like a good, like a win was 1998, and they're referencing the movie, The Faculty. So if you ever Ooh. seen The Faculty with Josh Hartnett, mm-hmm. um, that's what I've actually seen. Yeah, so that's that's like you're right in the middle of like the you know Scream. I know what you did last summertime. The Faculty came out. And that movie, just like this movie, drugs, which this is a weird story to say, but drugs are the reason these kids didn't get taken over by, let's say, and there it was like alien monsters. They like had it, basically they just gave the aliens these weird drugs, this cocaine that would prove if you're an alien or not. All five of the people survived and they killed the aliens. So that's what people believe they're referencing when they say the last time this didn't work because all the cliches were there and all of them survived. Uh, So next up, Bill, would be Hit My Music. Music in this movie I loved because I love alternative music at this time. And they had OK Go. Mm. They had, um, I was about to say Reliant K. And I know that's not true. They had, uh, not AC, Iggy Pop. They had, uh, why can't I think of the band? The uh, Oh, I'm trying to stall because I'm trying to remember. Uh, let's see one, here. One of, um, Nine Inch Nails, I know they had. I remember listening to them. They had Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, Switchfoot. Thank you. Switchfoot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a very, uh, very Tony Hawk skaterish it's called the sound it's one of my favorite songs by them i forgot it was in this movie it's very barely in it's in the part when they're driving away um but they it's a really cool like alternative soundtrack for that time uh a lot of good songs obviously as the movie goes on it's just like classic like horror scores but i thought the music was great i thought it fit well it felt like a bubbly like teen comedy in the beginning and then obviously made the turn yeah, I mean, it was really good music. I didn't even notice it, and I think that's, like, middle-of-the-road music. You know what I mean? Like, when it's unreal, like Guardians of the Galaxy, where you walk away from it, and you're like, this oh. soundtrack was banging, that's really good. But sometimes a good movie, it's like good refereeing. If you don't notice it, it's used really, really well. Yes. Uh, act it out. Do you want to take a stab at a scene here, Bill? I mean, I could do a million Marty lines. Everything that guy delivers is so so fucking good he's gold i mean the when he's in the basement he's like i dare you all to go upstairs i dare, I dare you to go upstairs <laughs> i mean he is the moral compass he's the guy that i kind of figured would survive to the end and when he did i wasn't shocked and that's another kind of tropey horror movie thing if you see a guy that doesn't get killed like in front of you then he's not really dead in a horror movie and i thought they weave that in really well and um you know i mean And I can't, like, do the faces, and it's an audio podcast for the most part. I know we're live right now on video, but the faces they make when that red phone rings is fucking unreal. Well, like, because that's obviously the director. I also love Marty right off the bat when he says the most ridiculous line. He's like, statistical fact, cops never pull over a man with a huge (laughs) bomb in his car. Why? They fear this man. (laughs) They know he sees further than they, and they will blind them with ancient logics. He is, he's got all sorts of stuff when he dares Jules to, to make out what was a wolf. Oh, yeah, he's like, wolf. he goes, go make out with that moose. 
goes, have you ever seen a moose before? <laughs> yeah, he goes, whatever that scary beast, mysterious beast is over there. He's great. He, Him great. and the redhead girl, who uh, we'll just call her Hermione Granger, uh, steal <laughs> every scene that they're in. Chris Hemsworth is obviously kind of just playing that role. The slutty girl's playing that role. And the obvious, like, you know, the two people that make it to the end are, have the best lines, have the best stuff. Uh, when she's in the like the cube and she's going down, like they made us choose our own deaths. That's a great scene. That's a great line. They show you the kind of pinhead looking dude with like the saw blades yeah. coming out of his face. That's fucking awesome. So everything, like I just want to give this movie, I was like giving it a golf clap the whole time it was on. <laughs> uh, so this is interesting. I know it's your first time seeing it, but you've heard of it. You And I think you may have already answered this, but what would you say the legacy of ca the cabin in the woods is? I really think it's just the cabin, like that picture that we put in our, you can kind of see it over my shoulder here, anything we tweeted out. It's it's just like the cabin of it. It's really tough to give this movie a legacy because, no, you know what? Fuck that. The, leg the legacy of this movie is the twist. The twist ah. that like they're appeasing the gods and like it's all a game, but the game is really they're appeasing the audience. I would say that's the legacy of this movie is because everybody was like, you have to watch it and everybody refused to reveal the twist or whatever. Right. It's not really a twist. It's kind of like the plot of the movie. The plot of this movie is so brilliant. I think that's the legacy that they kind of played with the genre in a way that like it shits on it, but also pays homage to it. It's just a tribute to horror. Yeah. I, I think the tribute is what the legacy is like how they pick all these things from the earliest days of horror. Like you mentioned, like, Oh, remember when we used to be able to just push a girl in a volcano and they're like, Oh, how old do you think I am? It basically is from 2000 previous to 2009 when the movie was written, everything about horror, they were just like cliche, cliche. We, we take all this and we want better. It's almost like Josh Whedon and Goddard put together or Goddard got together and said, it's a message to the future of horror. Stop doing the same stuff. Enough with the remakes. Enough with the going back to these five people mysteriously go somewhere they shouldn't. And when they should run out of a door, they never do. Like, that's what the gases and all the stuff did with, like, the directors watching over. I think that's a legacy that they, like, tied in all this historical cliches and, like, basically exposed them for how ridiculous they are while making a movie that shows them and how ridiculous they are. So my whole thing with all of this, and I was taught this, you know, at a very early age, is you have to learn to work with inside the box before you can work outside of the box. And I think that's what this oh, movie does really well, is it works so well outside of the box. They know the horror genre so well that they can make a movie about it that wasn't necessarily about it. It was just, it was one of the more brilliant things I've ever seen. It really, it really was a masterpiece of a movie. And like, I don't know another point where we can get to this, so I'll bring it up now. The point where they're like, you know, he's faced, uh, like, uh, the redhead and the geeky dude are faced with the decision of, like, she's going to kill him to kind of save the world. And he makes that speech where it's like, you know, if I have to die for this to work, maybe we should rethink the whole scenario. Well, that's and I think it. that's their pitch to horror filmmakers, like, hey, you don't have to do the tropey single thing every time. But on a grander scale, like on a simpler level where like you could take it if it was just a movie and it didn't have all this deeper meaning, would you sacrifice yourself for the greater good of the world? And I think everyone would, which is why his him saying, nah, fuck this, is is 100% about movie making and not about like the world. I think, yeah, and the whole thing where he like he gets murdered earlier by one of the rednecks with that like crazy bear trap thing which yeah, is crazy. That awesome 
<laughs> and he didn't die. That's another horror movie thing where anybody you think dies and you don't see them officially die, mm-hmm. like he was kind of dragged away, they always pop back. Uh, Bill, then now forever, does this movie, not only, well, it's been eight years, uh, but did this movie stand the test of time? Oh, 100%. I mean, I could watch this 10 years from now and people are still going to make shitty, tropey Halloween movies. So this one, 100% will stand the test of time because it's just an homage, first of all, and that kind of always works and it's going back to other stuff. And then it's kind of like a satirical take on it as well. Uh, I think this is, you know, I was blown away by how good, like literally blown away because I don't like being scared. And there was some pretty good jump scares in this thing. Uh, that bat thing that's kind of like a take on like a blade thing was I, was Nate. scary as fuck. Every, everything, like the clown was so like uh, not scary. It was funny. Like, yeah, it was just, he's every, just like everything, everything about this movie was great. Um, yeah, um, the I completely agree. I think it stands the test of time. I think this is going to still be a movie you could. It, it's a cult classic in a sense because it wasn't a you know made as you said like forty two million, but it's not it's just like huge, but it's good. No, but it doesn't have that like feeling of like everybody and their mothers like oh that's one of the big horror movies like Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween in two thousand seven has much bigger appeal than, appeal than this movie. This movie is just fun. If you it, it was a great movie to see in theaters, as you said, this is a perfect movie for someone that's in your mindset. I don't love scary movies, but I like like fun and scares, like tying it all together. It, it's it's not quite a spoof. And that's what makes it good. I think that's where it will hold up. At least I could see for another 10, 20 years till they remake it. And it starts it's like literally like an episode of community. And you can kind of even get down to the archetypal characters where, you know, uh, Chris Hemsworth is the, uh, what's his name? The Jeff winger. The, yeah. And it kind of goes down and Annie is the virgin and the slut is Britta. So it really is just, it's brilliant. I really think it's a brilliant, brilliant movie. All right. Anything else you want to add as part of the pull apart? Uh, I couldn't recommend this enough, and it is kind of like that cult classic where you will recommend it to people because, you know, you can kind of pick out the kind of people who will like this. It's people who appreciate just a like a great told story, and I agree with you. You don't have to be a horror fan to appreciate this movie, because but but if you're a horror fan, I'm sure you do. Where Did, did you guys rank this on your list? Uh, it's yet to debut on the list. I, I don't want to swear. It will be on there, yes. It's because it, it's just it's a great movie. The one thing I wanted to mention, I just want to run down what was on the big board of what the American because um, there was the other thing how Japan they always like. And the thing is, when you I the one thing I didn't understand is so Japan like those little girls nobody oh, dies. I love that. <laughs> but is that isn't that bad? Like isn't that not good? Well, isn't so yeah, the- no one succeeded, and that's why the world ended because everybody I think had an opportunity. But like, all the other show, countries, all died. the other countries failed. All the other countries failed, and. We were the last shining hope to make them make the the film for the, the ancient the, ones, the ancient ones that would appease them. And, you know, they didn't do it. So we got away. OK, I'm going to run through this very quickly. It's rapid fire, Bill, before we get to the ratings. Would you be scared if this came after you? Werewolf. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Alien beast. Yes. Mutant. Uh, what kind of mutant are we talking about? Like new mutant? No. Wrath. <laughs> Wrath? Yeah, that's what it says. Rats. Rats? Wrath with a W. Bees? Um, no. no. Zombies. <laughs> Zombies. Zombies? Bees? Uh, they don't let you have bees in here. Uh, no, I, wouldn't. I would never be afraid of a zombie. I would run. I would stab him in the neck. No. Reptilias. It's just a big reptile man. 
probably. I mean, I could stick and move. It's I quick be, answer. I, it's quick answer. Yes, I would, or no? yes, I would be afraid. Clowns. No, fuck clowns. Witches. Uh, no, fuck witches. Sexy witches. Uh, yeah, because they would seduce me. Demons. Uh, yes, absolutely. Oh, you didn't believe in them. Uh, hell lord. They're real. Hell lord. Uh, is that the guy with the thing coming out of his face? I'm, a, I'm assuming. Yeah, I would be terrified. That was actually very scary. Angry. It looks like it says molesting tree. Yeah, I would be afraid of a tree. I really would. Giant snake. Uh, I think I could. No, I've seen enough Harry Potter. I know how to defeat it. Uh, deadites. Those are kind of what that's from, like the evil dead, the kind of things that kind of take over your body and spirit. Yep. Very, very afraid. Uh, Kevin. Kevin? Like from Home Alone? Legit one of the names on the big board. Uh, uh, no. The Mummy. Yes, very much so. I wouldn't even go on the mummy ride in uh, Universal. The Bride. Uh, yep. Brides terrify me. Uh, amen, brother. <laughs> Snowman. Nope, not not a chance. Jack Frost, go fuck yourself. Vampires. Yep, always terrified. Merman. Nope, I can outrun. Uh, dolls. Yep, those actually very much terrify me, especially like the stranger type mask that they were wearing. That's fucking terrifying. Jack-o'-lantern. No, no way. That's Halloween 3. Get out of here. Giant. Yep, anything that's bigger than me would probably scare me, which is most of the world. And last but not least, twins. And oh. twins! No, I'd kind of be excited. Ditto. And then if they get you, they get you. But yeah. I always say, if I'm going to go out in one of those, like a sexy witch, if it's like part of some culty yeah. thing, go out in a bang. All right, Bill, like, how would you rate The Cabin in the Woods from 1 to 11? This is tough because I want to give it an 11, but I know I can't. I would say like a 9.5 would be really, really good. Bordering on a 10, but I'll go 9.5 because a couple of the things were easy and not easy in the way that they were a horror movie. There was a couple of like plot things that I didn't love, love, love. But I mean, this movie for a horror movie, I'd give it an 11 as an overall movie. We'll give it a 10. I'm gonna give it a 10. Um, so it's hard because you know I don't like giving it away, Bill. And this movie is right up there. It's not perfect, so it's not an 11. But it's damn close. And I actually penciled in a 9.5. And I remember when me and my wife reviewed this when we did part of the dork a couple years ago. I think we both said out of six stones, we were giving it like a five and a half. So that's almost equivalent. So I will give this a 9.5. You'll give it a 10. So it gets a PCP rating of uh, 9.7.5. Uh, seven. <laughs> 9.75. Wow, that's uh, that's good. So that will, we will rate it. What do you rate this out of 1 to 11? You can tweet at PopCulturePD, but we got to know. This week in the Shared Universe. Bill, do you have any idea? Well, you kind of spoiled it earlier. In- Everybody did the voice <laughs> but us. <laughs> um, but outside of that, Dork also did what? QB Halloween debate, uh, a dork short that they do in Dorktober, which was, if you haven't listened to it, go out of your way to listen to it. It was up there with the um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood debate that they had, where I believe uh, Davey asked Keith how flexible he was because he wanted him to, like, eat his own ass or something ridiculous. But, yeah, that's... It was was a great... Yeah, it was... It was like 35 minutes. It was really, really, really good. I think they go tonight, so check out their review of The Boys. Yeah. By the way, uh, uh, Nick Fryer and Wes from Change My Mind, they also did The Boys. And surprise, surprise, I love Fryer, but he doesn't like one of my favorite characters. And I don't even think – I think Dork doesn't like him. I know uh, Mac and Goo like The Deep, 
who is the Aquaman ca character. Unreal. So, like, if you want boys content, I'm sorry that we couldn't bring it to you. Blame Rossi. That's usually the case on this podcast. <laughs> but um, it was so good. All of the podcasts have been great thus far, and they all did them. So it's been a, a boys, boys, boys type of week. Did Mac and Goo do anything else this week? Uh, I think they have a news dump on Friday. Bill, did Mac and Goo do anything Oh, else. they did the 1989 movie Aliens. God damn it. I always forget that. Yeah, 1989 also, Aliens. Do you know what Toy Boys did this week? Uh, I'm sure they did something about toys. And, and I believe TLDR did comics. And you, and I'm assuming, do you know Arvon D at Shime Time and Dr. Joe? Oh, they Dr. are twitching like madmen. Uh, Shime always get the alerts. Dr. Joe, he always does the nap time war zone. And I am assuming in our Madden League, he will play in the playoffs and lose if he made it. <laughs> Love go. Joe, but he's not good anymore. Oh, reesh. Upcoming pods, Bill, next week, if things fall, we'll just say this, upcoming weeks for the rest of October, there'll be something of the mix of a Office Season 3 recap, uh, including our review, including me, you, maybe Lucy, maybe somebody else goes unnamed if they decide to actually watch the actual episodes entitled that we want them to. It's a lot to ask. Um, also, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that is the scariest Ooh. movie that I could give you. That is one That's of the Freddy, classics. Right? That's Freddy, yes. I ask every week, but yes. <laughs> it's Jason actually. Um, but yeah, that's one we'll get to. And okay. then um, I think we will still have one other in there. So we'll figure things out, but we'll wrap up uh, this episode. Again, we gave the cabin in the woods a combined 9.75 between the two of us. Let us know how you rate it. Bill, any parting words for the fine folks? I am so, so glad that I watched this movie. I've been told to watch this by a kid at my work for two years running now. And when I, I actually brought it up on the last pod, like I've been told to watch this and then you were like, that's what we're doing. And I sat down, watched it last night, uh, had some diligent note taking as well. And gotta say, I was blown away. I mean, obviously if you've made it this far, you can tell how much I loved it, but really just a brilliant movie. And I love stuff that goes that deep and that like mm. meta, even though like I don't talk, like sometimes too much meta is too much meta, but this was great. Sometimes too much meta is too much meta. A Billy Delaney quote. <laughs> Thank you guys, everyone, so much for listening. Please do go on to iTunes. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Pile Driver. Please leave us a five-star review. It would help us a ton. Follow us on YouTube. You hit the subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. We're usually Ding. live on Tuesdays. Maybe we'll start adding some more bonus content. We've kind of hit a groove, and Billy's got some stuff. I got some stuff we're both interested in that maybe it doesn't bring here to the main show. Uh, also, if you listen to a podcast, wherever you listen to it, subscribe. Tell a friend. Much appreciated. You all have yourself a wonderful week. Go watch The Cabin in the Woods. It is amazing. We will catch you all back here next time. Frank says hi.